Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this month's show, we're going to do another Target uh, review. And I'm very sorry we've picked the King's Demons to talk about. Yes, and that sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> if you do it too much, they start bleeding. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Oh dear! No, I was going to say it gets under your fingernails, but never mind. Um, so anyway, you can hear what we what we thought about that and our chow fonts uh, a bit later on. Uh, but first, uh, let's do the news. And um, well, since we've been away, um, obviously we had uh, children in need, and they did have a little Doctor Who feature this year, which is something a little bit different, actually, wasn't it? Um, yes. Which I thought was was rather good, and keeping really with with children in need, rather than either just doing. Showing a clip of the the forthcoming series or doing something slightly unrelated. Yes, yeah, it was it was it was it was quite nice. I think I thought it was as well. Actually, yes. What happened? Um, in case you didn't see it, uh, was that uh, a young uh, girl from a uh, drama group called Hackney Shed um, got a massive Doctor Who fan. Actually, got to meet Jodie Whittaker, Tosin Carmandit Gill live on stage, and, and the way it was done, it's meant to be like a little video link up to the states, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and the screens parted, and there they were with the TARDIS, and it it really was a lovely, um, lovely moment. It really was, um, and Jodie Whitt- Whittaker presented with her own sonic screwdriver as well, which looked suspiciously like one of the uh, character options ones. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. It wasn't one of the rubber toe replicas, was it? So. <laughs> I thought he's criticising her for not making her own. <laughs> Sheffield Steel, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, it, it really was lovely. But uh, do you know what? People still found fault with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. There's no pleasing some people. I just thought it was, it was it was a really nice little moment, and I think really it, it's. I think I would be the same if I'd met at that age. If I met John Pertwee. Yeah. You know, every actor who's played the Doctor out. Someone you, you'd have been the same. Someone, you'd, you know. you'd have been the same if you'd met John Pertwee at any age. I would have been, to be honest. <laughs> Eleven or twelve, or whatever the, the Anastasia was. Yeah, I'd, yeah, precisely. I'd, I'd be, I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if I met John Pertwee. Not quite sure how you'd have taken <laughs> taken a thirty year old man running towards him to hug him. I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing about John Pertwee, he would turn up in character whether they asked him to or not. Not yes. That, that, that's the great thing. So, uh, well, but no, it was good, and they raised a hell of a lot of money that evening as well. They raised nearly forty eight million pounds. Um, yeah. So it's uh, well done to to everyone involved. Really well done. So, obviously, the big news since you've been away, we've now have uh, an official Series 12 trailer, um, which I saw on the big screen uh, recently because I went to the beer fire to see uh, The Curse of Fenric. Ah, um, right, yes. Up there, which was... Uh, yes, that. yes, yeah. it, was, it was very good. It was a long afternoon, um, very long afternoon. But the, the trailer um, capped off uh, the, the whole event. And um, so what, what do you think, Paul? I mean, obviously, it doesn't give too much away. It seems to feature stuff from... A particular group of episodes, obviously, as these trailers normally do. Um, yeah, it confirms the Cybermen, and uh, I was going to say Lenny Henry and Stephen Fry as well. Yeah, which is why they had to. Which is the obviously the next bit of news, which probably should have done in order. Is why they had to make that announcement on the Friday, wasn't it? Was because yes, they were obviously going to suddenly appear in this this yeah. trailer. Well, I thought, yeah, I, thought... I mean, it, it yeah, it doesn't it. Doesn't tell you a lot, as trailers shouldn't. No, exactly, exactly. I think all we know, so, uh, we knew previously that the Jadoon, um were back in it because there was that that photo 
circulated. Um, and now it's been confirmed that the uh, Cybermen are back as well. Yes. Uh, let's hope they can do something with them uh, this time. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Uh, other than just turn their feet to silent. <laughs> yes. Did you know what? I hope they do address that, actually, rather than the stompy, whirring, clonky yeah. noises they seem to make these days. Um, yeah. Let's get back back to the silent killers again. Yeah. Would be nice. But, uh, hey, um, hopefully we haven't got too long to wait um, because they, well, they still haven't uh, confirmed an air date yet. Uh, by all accounts, it's going to, the first episode will air on the 1st of January. Yes. Uh, which is why we haven't been told there's a which is why no New Year special. Yes, indeed. Um, and then, a bowl accounts, it's going to then, the second episode will air on the 4th of January, so you won't have uh, too long to wait. So it's back on Saturday nights. Now, this hasn't been confirmed. I think people are still saying, no, it's definitely still going to be Sunday. However, it was the Daily Mirror who reported this. And right. to be fair to them, they're usually pretty spot on with their Doctor Who rumours. Right, it wasn't part of an article of, of aliens in landing, invading Britain again. Was it? <laughs> no, that's the Daily Mail. Right. <laughs> no, so um, yeah, I, I, so I don't know. I think I think there might be something in this. There might be something in this one, but time will tell. Time will tell. Um, there was a little bit of a, 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 a clickbait article from the Radio Times, and the BBC have announced their Christmas schedule, and you, and you look at it. They haven't announced anything. All they'd say is what shows are on, but not when they're on. Mm. Yeah, I and mean, it, it can't be long till till the the Radio Times actual double Christmas issue comes out, and with all the other TV the other TV magazines are available. They are, um, yes. That will confirm or deny some of this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? I can't remember the last time I bought the Radio Times. If I'm honest, and certainly, I mean, no. I was looking forward to getting the Christmas one because it was a double. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the only time I've, I've bought it in recent years is the Christmas one, just to make sure, just to have a quick look through to see if there was anything that I was interested in, if there was yeah, any specials yeah. and what when they were or whatever. So you do tend to lose, I do tend to lose track of when TV programs are on, especially yeah. over Christmas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it was, uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's certainly sort of, I'm sort of, I don't, I don't know, you get sort of getting a bit more excited now for the. Now we've seen the trailer <laughs> Christmas. And, for Christmas as well, but uh, yeah, are you, are you excited for its return? Because I've, um, yeah, I don't know. It seems to have been a bit of a muted response, if I'm honest. From I think just because people still just don't really know. I mean, until you know, once you get a date set and definitely this is where it's going to be and this is how it's going to go, yeah. then I think yeah, people start to build towards it. But at the moment, it's still you know. Yes, yes, we think it's going to be then, but it's not confirmed. No, exactly, exactly. So, um, obviously, we, we will find out in due course, or, or in typical BBC fashion, we'll find out on the day, hmm. perhaps. But uh, I was going to say, just just too long for the days of the Doctor Who trailer that had the 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 totally unrelated kiss in it <laughs> that meant nothing. And- what? Sorry, what was that? I don't. I've forgotten that. What was that one? No, didn't, didn't, about the first. What three series of Doctor Who when it came back? The tra- the trailer had the Doctor kissing the companion. <laughs> do you know what I cannot? I well, I cannot or and do which not turned that, out actually. which turned out to be for Eccleston turned out to be obviously the draining of the 
vortex. Yeah. From Rose. Um, trying to remember what the second one was. Ogre is the one where he run away down the corridor away from the fireball behind him. Right. That was one the of fir- the third fir- the, fir- the third one was the was when the doctor kisses Martha, which was the turned out to be in the first episode where he's trying to impress his DNA. Yeah. On her. Do you know, I I've got no recollection of these trailers at all. Well, it's over. Um, <laughs> yeah, fourteen years ago for the first series now. So, and I think even, even with uh, Donna, wasn't it from um, Tooth and Claw, where she's trying to shock him? Oh, um, and they put that in the trailer as well. No, not Tooth and Claw. Um, Unicorn and the Wasp. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tooth and Claw. And it was one of the sort of hysterical, hysterical, historical one. <laughs> So I think you might be right the first time actually. Time, yeah. So yeah, and I think that that was it, wasn't it? I think I think I don't know. In those days, they liked putting it in just because they knew it would get a reaction from yes. Doctor Who fandom. And it the, did. The, the doctor's <laughs> kissing the companion. <laughs> no, there's not. Well, I think the other thing you got another mention of fam family um, from. from um, What's he's up from with Graham this time? So yeah, in the trailer. So yeah, Look, looks like they're sticking with that then. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. You can't have it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, so, look, if, if that's if that's all we've got to moan about at the end of the series, then... I I would be a happy man actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, as we mentioned as well, uh, Stephen Fry and Lenny Henry are confirmed for this series as well. Apparently, they're both going to be in the first episode. Um, so, but this is a, a sort of long overdue um, for, for Stephen Fry, really, isn't it? Because he was he had that yeah. script that wasn't used for the first series. Then they said it might be used for the second. Then it didn't get used for that either. So, um, and looking at the trailer, it looks like he's playing some sort of either prime minister or government official. Yeah. So, um, and Lenny Henry's the bad guy. Hmm. Well, on the face of it, he appears to be the bad guy. Doesn't it? Does, yes, it could. Yeah, it could be anything. But he was uh, leaning, leaning out of a car with a gun. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's an assumption. It is, but it's not usually only, usually the bad guys that carry the guns in Doctor Who. So that, that, yeah. I, that's that's my leap of faith right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So um, yeah, so there wasn't um, a lot of other sort of series twelve news, but I'm expecting um, a little bit more of a ramp up. Between now and, and the air date, which we which we we're assuming is going to be the uh, the first of January. So there you go. Um, so we just want to quickly cover some sad news. Actually, the actor Ian Cullen um, has passed away at the age of eighty. Um, now, those of you who don't know, Ian Cullen played uh, Ixter um, in the William Hartwell story, The Aztecs, um, and he also played uh, a character called I hope I'm pronounced this right, Nadian, in um, Big Finish production of Dark Eyes. Um, so I don't know, I don't know which dark eyes it was. If it's the first one, I've got that one, actually. But um, yeah, so um, now I don't sort of know much about him apart from that. But he was in um, he was in Z Cars um, for from in nineteen sixty two. Oh no, sorry, not nineteen sixty two. First been nineteen sixty nine. Sorry, um, and apparently was promoted to a detective. 
um, and so for the show for six years. And yeah, his character, I, was, his, his character was gunned down as well, which I I did for they weren't for that sort of thing in Z cars actually. I suppose, I suppose if you're into the mid seventies by then, I suppose it, it sort of was more that sort of TV, wasn't it? And I suppose they wanted to do something something long running like that. Yeah, would put somebody in there. Yeah, I suppose it was um, obviously the seventies. It was the era of the Sweeney, so I think yeah, your, your, your gentle, safe police shows. I think were trying to well compete, weren't they? Yeah, to a to, to a certain degree, anyway. But uh, but no, he, he 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 sort of started other, sort of other sort of things, sort of emergency wall ten. Uh, when the boat comes in, uh, there was a I don't remember this, the uh, the Channel Five soap opera Family Affairs. No idea. No, no I don't know either. But also, obviously, the bill. Uh, Blake Seven and Sorry as well, actually. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, but uh, there you go. There you go. So, but so it's always sad to sort of hear of a of a Doctor Who actor um, passing yes. away. It really is. So, uh, but say so it's um, so it, 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 we've got sort of kind of got to expect it now, really, haven't we? Yeah. To be honest, it's, it's quite sad. So, it's yes. quite sad. Quite sad. So anyway, um, that's it for the news. But we do have time very quickly to have one little item in Omega's Tech Corner. You pester me with trinkets. Okay, now this is rather familiar to I think what we discussed last time we were here. Um, yes. Yes, it's Lavazzi of um, bought another shoulder laptop bag. Um, it's another in their collection of Doctor Who themed apparel. Uh, by all accounts, and um, this one, it's just like a sort of, I don't know if it's leather or leatherette, I don't know what the um, what, what the, the uh, correct term is, um, but it's um, new design feature, the ability to customise the front with pin badges uh, that come with seven exclusive designs, it says you've got the TARDIS, the Seal of Rassilon, a canine, a, weep, a Cyberman head, Weeping Angel, bow tie, and a 13th Doctor silhouette. And uh, it says they're all made from a high-quality matte finish metal uh, with the seventh printed in full colour, featuring the 13th Doctor. It gets a beautiful sunset background. So, yes, very nice. Yes. Very nice. But, uh, yeah, it does look remarkably similar. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. They've been working on it for over two years now. We, someone didn't tell their other department that was doing the other one. Either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can be found at the um, Lavazzi uh, website. Mm. Um, bowl accounts, so um, so it's actually it's actually quite expensive. I I think it is actually eighty nine yeah. ninety nine. Yes, I looked at that and I thought, mm. Mm. how it is quite a big bag though. Yeah, if I'm honest, it is quite big. But um, yeah, but basically what it is, you it look if you without the badges on the front, you've got um, like rivet or sort of like eyelets, sorry, in the leather, so you can't actually put them where you like. You can mix them about, but they can only They've go in certain places. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but hey, if if that's if that's your thing, yeah, then there you go, there you go. So that's uh, well, it's you know beginning of December. It's the ideal Christmas gift, Paul, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. It is indeed. So, um, so there you go, folks. So that that is it. That's all we had to bring you for for Tat Corner this month. But again, so disappointed with the uh, with no Tat for Christmas again. The, the lack of Christmas tax. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it, it is the problem that the obviously the new series doesn't start until after Christmas. So no, but again, there was no sort of tie-in tap to you know you know to speak of 
for the last series. No. There was nothing filling the gap between then and now, is there? So it's no. um, yeah, very peculiar, very peculiar. But anyway, we digress, we digress. So anyway, uh, coming up next, uh, when we talk about the King's Demons, again, I, I apologise. Uh, so for another month then, that was the news. then everybody it's target time and as i've mentioned before and i will apologize again uh we're talking about the target novelization of the king's demons this month um now this was written by terence dudley who adapted his own his own script and this was published in february 1986 um so uh it's my turn to kick off proceedings isn't it yes it is yes 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 um Obviously, because we we can, we always do a comparison with the televised version, as well. In case people, in case it's the first who listen to one of our target novelizations, because uh, it does also give us the chance to talk about the, the the TV version as well. Yeah. Um, and what I'd forgotten about the TV version, it's only a two-parter. Yeah. Um. And 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 we've got a target book that's one of the longest. Yes, indeed. Um, I was quite, I read I read the book first. Before well, before we were doing this podcast, I read the, the, the Target book, then I watched um, the DVD. And I'm really amazed how quickly the TV versions rattled through it. Um, it must have been because they had only two parts to, um, to, to, to yeah. cram it all in. But here it was, one thing after another, and none of it made a lot of sense. No. To be honest. I found the book addressed a lot of those problems and I actually quite enjoyed it if I'm being honest I'll step in here go on I think the book addressed a lot of the problems yeah but just not the main one for me and that is which is how um they just went ran off just suddenly Supported the master over the doctor, despite the fact that the doctor had stood but had saved his son's life, had saved his cousin's life. Yeah, had defeated the the knight that was tormenting them, and then just suddenly turned around and was quite happy to believe the master that the doctor was the demon, and yeah, that was it, that. Yeah, it it does. I mean, the thing is, you, you had the mystery of King John there anyway, so you, you yeah. didn't... I don't think you needed that other... I don't even call it a, 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 a plot twist as such. Um, you know, for them to all, as you say, all of a sudden side with the master. Um, and I, where that doesn't quite work then, didn't quite work then for me, that the Doctor then, basically the master was then acting, using the Doctor as the bad guy. And the doctor was like having to go along with it, and it just just didn't make any sense. I mean, at least at least in the book, they he did actually wait to ch- for the master to change from Sir Gilles Eastrum. Yes, waited till he actually got into the into the Iron the... Maiden TARDIS. 
yeah. before he changed, whereas actually in the TV show, they just went, oh, sod this. Let's just have him up for Well, that's some shimmer effect, and there was yeah. the master. But, um, yeah, and still I, they believed the master. I know, the I know. That, at least in the book, at least that made a bit more sense. It was like, yeah. as far as they were concerned, it was a completely new person who had come along and said, actually, yeah. the, the doctor's been, you know, stringing you along here. Yeah. So. It, although, although I mean, yeah, which I could have understood, apart from the fact that the Masters uh, Iron Maiden TARDIS materialises in front of his wife and his son. Yes, <laughs> and surely there must have been some point where they said to where the, where where they had a chat together and said, "Oh, you know that Sir Giles Eastrup, he disappeared in an Iron Maiden." <laughs> and they went, and they would have gone. Oh, that's strange because the master reappeared in an Iron Maiden. Maiden. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just that sort of. And actually, all it needed in this was 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 a bit of the "I am the master, and you will obey." Do you know that's the one thing they sort of forgot? They forgot about the master's hypnotism powers, yeah. didn't they? Um, and and if that. you'd had that, just that on Ranulph and his son and wife, mm. that would have all it was needed to have actually then. Got the book at least back on track. Yeah, for but, me. But I think b- before it, it it got to that point, I actually found it to be quite. Um, I sort of got quite immersed in 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 the whole sort of atmosphere of like medieval England. Yeah, the scene setting was in the book was was really good, wasn't it? Was it was good. I mean, yeah, I was from pres- from the cold. Surprised about that, if I'm honest with you. To Ranulph's arthritic hands through battle. Yeah. Which, I mean, the thing in the TV thing is, is Frank Windsor was just too... Um, robust, I was going to say. Robust, yes. That, yes. That, that was the word I was searching Thank you. That was yeah. the word I was searching for there. <laughs> where, where, actually, in the book, the whole fact that his son has to... feels he has to step in... Yeah. ...makes so much more sense... Well, in the book, it it it, it came across the son, his son was a lot Hugh was a lot younger than yeah. his television counterpart. Um, so I, I, yeah, I suppose that sort of that made it all the more to me all the more believable. Yeah, really, he was he was young and headstrong, but I think that the age of his son, who was obviously quite obviously in his twenties, uh, would have been a bit more, I suppose, a bit more battle hardened. Yeah, by but you'd have thought by that stage yeah. he'd have been, he would have at least been off somewhere. I mean, yeah, yeah. he was actually almost older than than the cousin, wasn't he, Sir Geoffrey De Lacey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who was supposed to be this well well travelled knight? Yeah. But, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there wasn't much difference in the ages, but uh, no, no, I I thought that actually worked. That that did work better um, in in the book certainly, and and I think they also. Talking about the um, Ranulph's sort of history with King John, yeah, um, and how he knew him and what and why he doesn't recognise that, that that's that's why it, it worked better in the book. You have you have more of a backstory, yeah, from everything from just how he ate to you know it was just different, yeah, and he knew it was different and he couldn't work out what was what was going on. Yeah, he could understand why he was behaving like he was, why he was asking him for more. Money yeah. to fund the crusade and yeah, no, and the whole I, thing. The whole thing was when when he starts chan- insulting him about the fact that he's not giving him any more money. Yeah, it's that that bit about how the how the court 
was embarrassed and didn't know what to do. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought I thought it was it was the whole court thing. Um, I thought it was really well done, and you could, you could sort of I thought you built the the tension. Yeah. In the room when when the king was sort of you know as you say insulting Saranoff and everything, um, I I thought that worked really well. And it certainly worked a lot better than it did on the television because it was just um, sort, of, sort of almost like flippant comments he was making. And, and as you say, wrote that <laughs> he's now going to be called Frank Robust Windsor from, from yes. there on. Um, yeah, he was just too almost too jovial about it. But in the book, he's actually broken by it. Yeah. Saranoff, he yeah, can't he's, believe, he he's, can't he's what's deeply hurt. Him. Yes, yeah. exactly. But because yeah. because it's not just it's not just his king. It's 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 a person that he looks up to and as as fought alongside and yeah yeah yeah. So I thought it was it was really well done. I, I really liked that aspect of the book. I really did. And and to me, it did seem to take a long time before the Doctor actually appeared. Yeah, but. I got to be honest. I didn't miss his presence. <laughs> no, because no, it, it it was it did try to it tried to introduce the Doctor into a historical novel. Yeah, as opposed to tying a historical novel around the Doctor, it felt this mm. book to me. I, I still... and, actually, and actually, those the bits the bits that don't actually. Actually, almost the case that the best bits in this story are the ones that don't actually reference either the master or the doctor. <laughs> oh, dear. yeah, I think that's the. Um, yeah, as I say, I, I wish they had gone, and and the same with the TV versions. I wish they had gone a pure historical. It, yeah. It, the only reason it, it is what it is because John Nathan Turner wanted Chameleon as a as a companion. Yeah. Um. And I think it would have worked a hell of a lot better on the television um, and in the book if Chameleon wasn't involved. And I think I don't think too many people would disagree with that. If I'm honest yeah, with you, I don't, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I didn't mind. I didn't mind it. I thought, yeah, it works as a sort of thing. If that, if you want to, you know, bring a an imposter as the king into it, then yeah, fair yeah. enough. You can do that. Yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, uh, yeah, my, like I say, my main problem with this was just basically. That's that shift from once he's the master's defeated mm. and to, um, goes from being Gilesi Strum, yeah. whatever it was, to the master. I think that that just change of plot there was too grating on me. And and and, and it, it, I mean, and it did try to, to to do it in the book, but like I say, I don't think it needed to do a lot more to have actually managed to have to have done it. Mm. But it, yeah, I mean, then when then when I watched it on the TV, it was just like, oh, like I can I can see that that he, that he did try, but because <laughs> the TV, the way the TV handled it was 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 pretty poor. It was. It was very very rushed. Very rushed. Yeah. But to, but to be honest, this is what I want from a target book. Yeah. You know, I I don't want it to rush through like the, you know you know I don't no. want it to make the same mistakes as the as the televised version does. I, I want it to. Give the characters backstory, you know, build on the scenes, create a bit more tension, you yeah. Know? And I, I mean, put my this. I know he said we apologise to the King's Demons, but I, 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 I'm joking really because I really did enjoy reading this book because I thought it was it was 
it addressed a lot of issues, as you say, apart from the whole master reveal thing. Yeah, that and was, I think I think yeah. that literally just needed a paragraph yeah. of, of "I am the master, and you will obey." Yeah. Um. And it could have, and it, that that would have settled me down nicely. I think. Yes, I think so. I think so. The um. Now, how how do you feel about um the way Tegan and Turlow were written? In this, because obviously T- Turler doesn't, doesn't have a lot to do. He spends a lot of his time sort of shackled up in the dungeon. Yeah. Again, that's another euphemism. Um, but I, th- I think that the, the book worked better. Yeah. That talking about he's he's sort of hanging, you know, by his by his wrists. Um, his feet could barely touch the ground. So, and it's all about the and it sounded uncomfortable. The whole pins and needles yeah. thing. Um, and I'm when worried they, about where the rats would. The, exactly. Um, but then you had the whole thing of you know with Hugh wanting to torture him in the Iron Maiden. I, I'd, I'd like the bit you, you know. I, I'll just tell you what you want to know. You don't have to do this. You know, it was, yeah. all, it was almost to the point of being sort of comedic in in, yeah. in, a, in a funny way. Um, so I, I quite like that. And I, I, Tegan, I think whined and whinged a hell of a lot more. Than she than she did in, in the televised version. She, in, you know, in the book, I think they really, you know, Terence Dudley really played on that, um, especially between her and the Doctor. But but most of it did have a payoff. It which did. Worked. Yes, indeed. There was bits where, you know, she when she comes to when she says about, oh, you you can trust the Doctor mm. to run off, and the Doctor. Is pleased that after all the moan, you know, she's been moaning about how cold it is and how she just wants to leave and why can't we go back into the TARDIS and leave? Yeah, and that that when it comes to it, she jumps to his defence. Yeah, which is really good, actually. Yeah, really good. I mean, she did moan a lot about the cold and <laughs> yeah, hungry. But what I did like it was the um, the feast. Thing after after the doctor's been, been made the king's champion, and they've got all the all the different meats and everything, and um, there was there was that bit I can't what, what led up to it, but um, Tegan felt guilty. Was it was it to do with Turlow being locked up? She felt guilty about eating this massive mound yeah. of meat or whatever. Um, yeah, I think it's when they actually catch up with him, hasn't it? And he hasn't, and he says he's hungry or something, and she. Realizes he's been locked. He's been stuck in the dungeon while they've been, while she's been sitting, gorging, basically, tucking into yeah, roasted. Yeah. No, I like that. I did like that. I thought that was um, again. It showed that sort of different side to to, to Tegan, but yeah. it didn't often come across in the um, on the TV. But uh, but I did like her in the TARDIS at the end. Where, where yeah. in the book where she's sort of trying to think what what she's done. What she's done wrong because in the TV she just bashes the console and then just flicks a switch and but in that she sort of does things to sort of remind herself and proves that she does she has actually been watching the what the doctor does yeah and the fact that she makes a note of everything she does so that she knows to reverse it yeah doesn't just randomly start throwing switches and yeah exactly no, whatever I, th- I, I think that worked one hell of a lot better but um, yeah but. The bit leading up to that is when when Serenov looks inside the TARDIS, yes, and more almost goes mad looking at it because he thinks it's like a vision of hell inside the blue engine, as it as it as it's called. Um, 
I liked that in the book, and I was, and I hadn't watched the King's Dooms for a very, very long time, and I was quite sad that that bit wasn't in the televised version. No. Again, again, it was more the psychological side of it that just got cut from the the TV version, weren't it? That you got yeah. in the book. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I thought. I thought. Yeah. I, that, that bit in the book. I thought, and it made sense as well because I think if someone from that age had looked inside that, they would have gone mad. Yeah. And thought it was witchcraft. You know. So I mean, I like. I like. like the. You know, the premise. You know. Any, you know, anything to do with science is seen as witchcraft, which it would have yeah. been at that point. Um, so I, I think that aspect has, has always worked. It's just that the TV version it just so rushed through. Um, it, it really is right. That scene's done. Right, next scene. That scene's finished. On to the next one, and none of it seems to make a lick of sense. Yeah, they just. Yeah, there was no. I mean, if if you'd done the book, if you'd done this story as a four-parter, yeah, you'd have probably been getting to the point where the tar disappears at the joust at the end of part one. Yeah, exactly. But the the other thing, actually, talking of uh, the fight scenes as well, um, I thought the sword fight between <clears throat> excuse me the master and the doctor, or rather, I say Sir Sir, uh, Sir Jules Istram and uh, and the doctor. I thought that came across very well in the book. Um, yes. Because it was all about the, the Doctor's swordsmanship, which was very pertwee. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 did just, I did want him to, at some points, get a bit of food on his sword. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What was it he says? It was, was it so it was one an appetite, wasn't it? Was it? Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. But but say so the, the the TV version again. It's done on, on a very small confined set, um, and yeah, it's very poorly rehearsed as well. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't really it, you know it's not it's not in um, Pertwee and Delgado's um, no. re- realms of swordsmanship by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, yeah, you you just get the feeling they didn't really really want to spend a lot of time on this. No. No, it really, it really was a, a rush job this one, but uh, but they just couldn't wait to get to chameleon. Couldn't no. they? <laughs> well, the thing is, though, I mean, that's not right to the end of the story. Yeah. Um, well, I I, I suspect I, I think we know that why. may well be be a case of yeah, had it actually worked, it may well have arrived a lot earlier. <laughs> oh dear! But even I'd say even in the book, um, it, chameleon doesn't do a lot. No, at the end, um, so he doesn't do anything to sort of change that at all. But I, 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 I'm sort of kind of assuming that Terence Dad had the same contempt uh, for for comedian as everyone else did, apart from yes. John Nathan Turner. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he didn't seem to to feel that he needed to to change the to make comedian more dynamic, did he? he just no, he didn't. Basically, still sits there in the chair, doesn't yeah. he? Why, yeah. Why they fight over him? <laughs> so, but, uh, no, I thought, and another, another thing as well, it, it's um, Hugh's resentment of his father um, is played up a lot more um, in the book as well, when where his life is spared in the joust with um, Sir Gilles Eastrum. Yeah. Um, because it is sort of like he feels his honour has has been sort of robbed. So he begs uh, to be killed, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think again that worked better in the book because it it was always it was always sort of 
bubbling under the surface with the character that that resentment all the time um which i think it was over with pretty quickly in the in the televised version wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and then i mean to to be honest yeah and then he just he, yeah you don't really get what you do get with the book is the fleshing out of the characters yeah here i mean even then as to why as soon as the doctor defeats um Shishil's Eastrum mm. that he and Ranulph and Sir Geoffrey de Lacey, even though they then would have more manpower, it's because they don't know where Isabella is. Yeah. That's right. And that and that's taken well, I think, into the into the story. Makes a lot more sense of the the situation there. Yeah, I think the other the other thing as well is the whole thing about where the TARDIS is, because they do get because you've got the thing in the in the tunnels, haven't you, in the book? As, yeah. as they're making their escape, that's completely missing from from the the televised version. Um, but again, makes a lot more sense. It really does, and you know they sort of see where it, where it has gone. Or they think it's gone to, and then sort of you know the tracks stop, kind of thing. Yeah. So um, no, I I think that that works that works really well. But also the, um, so Jeffrey uh, the Lacey's escape with Turlow is handled a lot better in the book as well. Because it's it's in the as I say televised version, it's so rushed through. There's no sort of jeopardy there at all. Yeah. Until you see the master looking through one of the arrow slits in the in the um, in the castle, but up to that point they're, they're scared of not making too much noise. They don't want to sort of you know alert the guards and you know it's, it's done a hell of a lot better. Um, and you get that sort of that triumph for they, they've managed it. He's escaped, yeah, and then he's shot, yeah. Which and he's shot twice as well, isn't he? Yeah, two guards shoot shoot him. So. Um, yeah, again, I think that that works, and I think also in the in the in the book to me it, it seemed that he didn't get that far when he was shot, because in the TV he's halfway across the field before the um, yeah the, the you know the, the guard fires his crossbow. So I think that uh, again the, the book comes up trumps to that one, um, but they also changed the character's ending in the book as well. Now, yeah. how, how, how do you think that went? Do you think what worked better for the kid? That you know, should he? Should he have died like he did on the television? Um, yes, because I don't quite think that ending was quite believable either. Because, again, he's not. You've got, you've got from this point where they trust the Doctor. Yeah. To they absolutely despise the Doctor. Mm. To then come back to suddenly, oh, we're just going to trust him. He's given us this stuff, and that's going to. That's gonna work. Yeah, it's gonna make him better. Yeah, and we're not gonna stop him trying to stop him from leaving and whatever. No, it just seemed that seemed to me to then be a bit far fetched. Then it's just you know, yeah, that 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 that, that ending didn't sit no, sit well no, with so me. I have that's to probably say the, the one thing the TV version got right, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. So I read it and I thought, oh, because again, I, I. Couldn't remember anything about the King's Demons because I watched it so long ago, um, and then to see him die on the televised version. Oh, right, okay, and then sort of 
that's that's what he sort of, sort of threw me off a little bit to be yeah. honest. But I think it made more sense. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, you didn't even have to have him die. It just you, they could have left him with his wounds mm. and left it to you to decide whether he'd have recovered or or not. Yeah. I mean, it did kind of make I, a bit of a change from the usual. They all get in the TARDIS and run off. Yeah. Um, which is basically but, how the television version ended. But this, but but on this occasion, that made sense because they were running. Yeah, for once. Whereas a lot of the times when they just get in the TARDIS and run off, it's just they're trying to sneak away before anyone starts asking questions. Yeah. Just but like they actually advice. were they actually were running at this point from this one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, but then decided to come back and and try and help. Yeah. Which yes. I know, and I, I know you could say, well, that's you know, trying to get the doctor's thing. But there wasn't. It wasn't so much that it needed the doctor to reassert himself as being a a gentle and kind person because he'd been that all the way through the story. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I suppose the other thing is what he gave. Um... The Isabella character a bit more to do. She has she she certainly has a bit more of a presence in the book than she does on the tele in the television version. Mm. Certainly, yeah. Um, oh, the other thing as well was Sir Geoffrey de Lacy's squire. Yeah, in the how... book as well. Yeah, that's how he com- just gets chopped down. Yeah, I mean that is completely missing from the the TV version. Yeah, well you you see them both arrive, don't you? both yeah. come into that clearing. And then the next thing, he's being presented at court as a as a traitor. Yeah. You don't get the the bit in between. I think the the other thing as well. Um, I think the only thing that the book doesn't really address is how did the master escape from Xerophus? Well, I know you don't have to, to explain be honest, all the time. Yeah. The fact. But isn't this, isn't went... this one of the isn't this one of the things that. Stephen Moffat said about the the master and whatever is you can kill the master off and you then don't actually have to bother to explain how he still survives because all no, through, exactly. all the way through Doctor Who history he's been killed off and and then reappears two seasons later again without any without a scratch sometimes. Well, it's just the fact that Turnstudy went to all that effort to sort of pad um, pad the you know not pad the story but you know. Yeah, expand upon the, the story, but still elected not to do anything with the master. So yeah, but uh, no, as I say, I I I did enjoy it. I thought it was it was it was quite a good book. Um, I think the um, I just because I I I just like a, a nice historical story now and again. Yeah, you know, as I say, the the, the television version it looks okay, the TV version, but obviously the book you can. Picture more in your mind's eye. Yeah, you know. Um, so I, so for me, I, th- I think it, I, I think it worked. I think it worked as a, as a, as a novelisation. I really do. Yeah, I mean, as, as I said to you, I read the as you do. I read the book first and then watched the episode, and I did find it hard to take the TV series seriously, having mm. read the book, because it just seemed to me. Yeah, I mean, the two two things kept dominating my mind was the fact that. Was was the I can't remember where the where this joke comes from, but it's from one of the it might even be one of the up Pompeii or the films or whatever. Yeah, where um, 
there's there's a thing there where he said about the loot. He goes, it's the, it's, it's the, the woman goes, is that your loot? And he goes, no, I keep my money in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and and then and then you go on to then you go on to Magna Carta and it's the Hancock thing, is it? Did she die in vain? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm afraid I find myself just keep repeating these sort of these every time. Things, though, yeah. <laughs> that I, either either the loot came out or or Magna Carta was mentioned, I found myself parroting those those lines <laughs> when I was watching it. So, oh dear, oh dear. So well, that's, that's good. At least we both enjoyed it. That's that's the that's the main thing. So I, I was a bit um, I, I was a bit trepidatious about this one, if I'm honest. I mean, I was interested in the fact that yeah, no, I I did know it was only a two a short two episode one, and then um, picked up the book and saw it was one hundred and fifty odd pages. Yeah, when I even think even the um, the cave monsters was only one hundred and seventy four, and that was a seven part story, story exactly. Yeah, and the and that was added to by the book. <laughs> unbelievable! So, unbelievable! Yeah. Oh well, that's good. Well, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a good positive note to um, to end this on. Yes, actually, yes, yes. So I'd, um, I know we completely spoiled the book for you, but go and read it. There, there is actually quite a lot in there. Um, yes, you know, there, there's a lot to, um, to 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 read and a lot of atmosphere and so. If you're a fan of of of, of Doctor Who historical. Stories, then this actually does work very well as a, works better as an historical story than it does as a science fiction story. Yes, indeed, indeed. So uh, go read it. We were saying yes. go read it. Yeah. So um, anyway, so that's it for uh, this month. But is it just this uh, for this month? No, no, because no, it's not. We actually got uh, some other content coming this month as well um, before the year is out. So we've got uh, another video podcast, a long overdue video podcast coming up. Um, towards the middle of uh, of December, um, which was going to be our last content for this year, but this this evening we decided we we will do um, a little Christmas special. Um, yes. I say special; it'll be a big come uh, on. Will we spoil you at Christmas, don't we? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> well, we thought we always do a Christmas special, and unfortunately, we still can't get round to doing a commentary. Um, no. I think that's what we'd all like to to, to do. Um, bring Tony back. Um, to the podcast, I just have a bit of a, a, a laugh and a, and a beer as, as we usually do on those occasions. But unfortunately, um, we just can't sort of do that uh, for the for the time being. We don't know. We actually don't know when we're going to be able to do them again. So um, no, but uh, we'll see. But uh, what we do, we thought we'd do a um, a big finish story, and as it's Christmas, we will do one with a little bit of a pantomime theme. So we're going to do the One Doctor, uh, which features the well. An absolute legend of British pantomime, uh, Christopher Biggins. Hmm. Um, so, and also, I'm also going to say probably Bonnie Langford as well, because she's in this story. And, it's a, and this will be our first male story as well. Oh, no, yes. second. No, we did flip flop, yeah. didn't yeah. we? Yes, we did. We did that that featured male. And wasn't that a Christmas one as well? We did it for uh, a Christmas one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, there you are then. So, um, so a little, little bit of a um, sort of a, a surprise. There will be two more episodes of this podcast before the year is out, and then um, what we're kind of hoping then, beginning of uh, January, we'll be back. We'll be back weekly. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
We'll see where oh, we yeah. Joy. yeah, we will be back weekly um, whilst uh, Doctor Who is back on <laughs> the getting air. Getting weaker and weaker. <laughs> oh, dear. So um, so you'll see me middle of this month on a video podcast and um, um, Paul and I will return in audio format uh, at the end of this month. So um, yes. there you go. So until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.